Welcome to the Broken Metatarsal. My name is Rich Williams and here begins Series 2 of this Planet Football podcast where we celebrate everything that Naughty's football had to offer. Joining me today, as per usual, the Planet Football editorial duo of Stoke supporting Mark Holmes and Leeds supporting Rob Conlon. Hello, chaps. Hello there. Hello. That was a little bit uh, um, underwhelming for the start of se- <laughs> the start of Series 2. We're back! <laughs> that's... that's- better I think and our special guest Manchester United fan and comedian does help to have a sense of humour if you're a Man U fan these days Danny McLaughlin's here how are you doing you're right. we're good man and uh, thanks for coming back thanks for having me back uh, last time we spoke and you were on this we uh, we were talking about how good Man U were but I did, we didn't really want another hour of that so uh, that would have been for Rob and I Leeds fans it was just hellish to be fair <laughs> yeah well we can't talk about that now either can we so well exactly uh, my favourite thing about the last time you were here is that, is that you admitted that you can't really enjoy watching football games uh, until they've been won you're that kind of football fan that you didn't even watch the Champions League final with anyone else against Chelsea you had to watch it by yourself because you just need to you, you can't deal with anyone else around you yeah and it's always best to say that you didn't watch it and then you don't have to deal with any of the nonsense after that's my favourite one that's why I do it is in case that it's a heavy defeat you go oh, I didn't watch it and then no one can say oh yeah you're like oh whatever mate I didn't watch it this is great there's, there's two types of fans football fans I think like positive football fans and negative football fans always expecting the worst I'm a negative football fan oh, you're yeah, also totally. a negative football yeah, fan yeah. so it's all good uh, so um, we're, we're back and lots of stuff coming up this uh, series as well I oh, nearly said season because we've had a, a slight debate other whether your second series or second season Season, Mark. It's got to be serious. It's in the UK. Second season syndrome. We want to avoid that, so we're going to go serious. Also true, although it is a football podcast, so maybe the word season. You tell us. You tell us. We're going with series. <laughs> uh, but lots coming up. We've got some special guests coming up and loads more naughties talk as well. We hope so, yeah. As usual, we're... Uh... You know, we're organising it as, as well as a, as a Pesper and a Brewery. But, <laughs> <laughs> but we hope so. We hope there's going to be some good stuff. Just be glad you're not on the WhatsApp group, uh, organising <laughs> organizing times and places and all that kind of stuff. OK, so this episode is brought to you by our friends at Football Index, the football stock market where you can buy and sell players for real money. Sign up today at footballindex.co.uk and use the code TBMINDEX to trade with a £500 money-back guarantee. New customers only, 18+. plus. Right. Each episode, we dig into one element of the noughties. From the sublime to the ridiculous, today it's the players you love to hate, the notorious nigglers, the subtle stampers, the blatant rule benders, the chiefs of the on-field mischief, the blasé backchatters, the referees renegades. Yes, this episode is dedicated to the greater shithouses. They spike it the best of times, Mark. Leon Dublin was very annoyed about something Robbie Savage had said when he got up from that tackle. And now Pepe goes down and uh, watch him ride around. (laughs) (laughs) Clumsy early, but that wasn't clumsiness by Jude. There's the clearance, and there's that's a bad tackle, Brian. That's a bad tackle. Before we start, Mark, just define for us what we're talking about when we're talking about shithouses. Yeah, we are quite specific about this because me and Rob love shithouses and talk about quite a lot. So we're not talking about hard men, you know, Roy Keane. There's nothing snide about Roy Keane. He'll do it in your face and he'll expect it back. So we're not talking about that kind of player. We're not talking about the proper thugs. Ben Thatcher with the elbow. You know, we're not talking about that. There's nothing snide about that. We're talking about the players 
that are uh, not also the complete and utter tossers, the scumbags that is just nothing <laughs> like <laughs> nothing likable about them whatsoever. Hey, El Hadjouf, we're t- <laughs> we're talking about the plays. It's just the the little sneaky stuff, the pulls, the pushes. You know, digging in in the armpit air and getting in place faces and diving and winding up, all that kind of stuff, which when it's your team's player doing it, you just absolutely love. And when it's an opposition player doing it, you hate, but you can't help but respect it. Before we get into the ones that we think are on that list, and people have been been tweeting us as well, so at Planet Football, so thanks for doing that. Um, everyone loves to have a shithouse on their team, don't they? Yeah, definitely. Why wouldn't you? You need one, I think. You need that guy when it's not going well, you're getting beat, you're like, oh, at least he's going to like sneaky kick someone. <laughs> Or wave a fake yellow card, and I think that's my favourite shit house move is the fake <laughs> yellow card, or the um, when the ref like wants to give a foul, but he may may have forgotten that he's already been booked. The guy that goes up and goes, "Hey, ref, <laughs> you know you booked him." I love that one. Like, and then everyone else is like, "Shut up, mate! Don't grass him up." The little grass shit house. I love the fake yellow cards because. British people get so wound up about them. Like someone in, in the rest face, ref, book him, send him off, send him. That's fine. But as soon as you wave an imaginary yellow card, that's below the belt. What are you doing? What I love about the fake yellow card is that you never know whether it's a fake red card. <laughs> yeah. Like there sh- I think there should be two movements. Yeah. Like there, there should be a, a more specific one for a straight, a oh, fake two straight hands red. Up, two hands yeah, up, two hands yeah. up, maybe. Yeah, like the centre go in your pocket. I don't know. You could have a, a big. Big mime for it. <laughs> you got to go to the back pocket first for that one. Maybe. Yeah, and yeah. Then brandish it. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and Robert, being Leeds fan like like myself, you know, I mean, every every good Leeds team in particular needs a good shit house. Well, there, we're fame for it. We're we're called dirty Leeds for a reason, and yeah, we thrive on it. And I wouldn't want it any other way, quite frankly. We're all going to throw in some suggestions as to who we reckon the best ones from the noughties were. I've kind of narrowed this down to some judging categories. Uh, four categories. So when you are putting forward your case for a particular player, please do bear these in mind. Number one is uh, sneakiness, which, you know, really just how sneaky and sly <laughs> they are. Because I feel that that is, is a really encompasses the kind of player that we're looking for at the moment. Is that reasonable with everyone? Yeah, that's fair. Second one, consistency. I'm not looking for what it happened one off. It might have been a good move, but it was just a one. I'm looking for that player that you know at the start of the game. And again, we speak to Mark Halsey later about those players that before the game, he knew, yeah, he's going to cause me trouble today. Uh, The players that you knew were going to do this on a regular basis, game in, game out. They were the consistent ones. Yeah, agreed. Third one is size of stage. Players that have managed to do this on the on the bigger games, uh, maybe it's in you know a game that really matters or on the world stage, get bonus points for this for doing it for having the, for having the cheek to do it in front of the biggest audiences. I'd argue the real shit houses don't care about the stage. <laughs> oh, and they'd do it in the park on a Sunday because they, <laughs> they live for the shit housery. They're not just playing yes. up to the car. How do you know the difference between like uh, a bad shit house and just a showman on the big yeah, stage? Yeah, yeah. Like the true shit houses are the ones that are playing like Haven't and Waterlooville and are rolling round on a Tuesday night <laughs> trying to get someone booked from Blythe Spartans. You've now you've now thrown the whole podcast into disarray. Oh, no. I don't know what I think to, he's I, right. I think, I, I think right. you're right. But what I would say is is bonus marks yeah. if you are also able to do that at, at, at the bigger stage. But then you, maybe you're right in saying bonus marks if you just don't. You don't want to be a you don't want to be a fair weather shit house, do you? Right. Exactly. Can okay. he be a shit house on a Tuesday night in Stoke? <laughs> Most Stoke players can. So si- size of stage it can be any size of stage yeah. in that case. <laughs> and finally, um, the fans' view. Now this is this is uh, three parts. Okay, it's um, how much they are loved by their own fans. 
how much they are hated by other fans, but also, and this is the key one, how much they are secretly respected by fans of other teams. Yeah, yeah. That's the one that we're looking for there. So those are the four categories. They got about three out of four you agreed with at least. So that's <laughs> a pretty decent start. Well, as you were reeling through those categories, one was, because I had him in my head, and he was, yeah, 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 Mort van Bommel. I feel like it was his life's aim just to ruin every game of football they ever played and just reduce every single game of football into, you know, the, the type that us journalists would referred to as a niggly affair. That, like, <laughs> that was just what he lived for. And you talk about doing it on the big stage. We've got a piece on the Battle of Nuremberg, which is the World Cup uh, quarterfinal, Portugal v Holland. All those terrible tackles. He got booked after two minutes for just a cynical trip. You know, two minutes in, he set the tone there. And that was, just, that was just him. He was sent off in the last game of his career for, for PSV. And I was researching him early and there's a video on YouTube and, uh, you know, the video titles give a lot away as to what kind of a player he is. And it's just Van Bommel is scum. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a video of him, like, elbowing someone, just like, barging into someone. And then they're all around complaining to the ref. And the, the followers complain to the ref. He just grabs his cock. And, <laughs> and that's right in front of the ref and he gets away with it. That is brilliant shithousery a lot of time for he's that. the type of shithouse that'll elbow you in the air and then like roll around and yeah. hold his elbow and say that you, <laughs> yeah, fa yeah, yeah. you <laughs> faced me on the elbow like yeah. how dare he do that spot on I think one of his special talents as well is that I probably didn't watch him that much but every game I watched with him in it was an awful game like he just went out yeah. oh, I am going to ruin this game so anyone that called it the beautiful game it's like just show him a, a, I'll show you yeah a highlights package from Matt Van Bommel and you go you know, this is horrible actually it's really nasty <laughs> Danny who do you want to throw in there uh, I've got well there's obviously there's loads of uh, uh, Kevin Nolan was one that I always thought was a little shit house. Kevin Nolan was a mad one because I thought he was like not only was he dirty I always thought that he because he knew people he's sort of respected figure at Bolton yeah got and away he, with it yeah he got not only got away with it but I think he was like the you know the goon in ice hockey like I think he was employed <laughs> by whoever was it Sam at the time to just go out and be a shit house that was his thing and the thing that made him more of a shit house. Is he'd score as well? Like that's I think that's the thing. When shit houses are rubbish, you sort of like, ah, oh, that's literally all he can do. Like yeah. with Van Bommel, like he was playing in that. He wasn't rubbish by any stretch, but he was playing in that Dutch team with all those amazing, like silky, classy players. You can sort of see that he's just gone. Well, this is my role now. I'm the shit house here. <laughs> uh, but with Nolan, he was like arguably the best player in that Bolton team as well. So if when they beat United, it was always like Nolan would pop up and his little face. I think it's the face. <laughs> his little face. <laughs> I think it is the face that, that does it. I think if a shit house has got like a. A shithousey face. I agree. Then it, they're more of a shit. I think he, that should have been like number five on the. I can't believe I didn't. I didn't, shit I didn't what that face. face looks like. When he yeah. brought in the chicken celebration as well, I think he was just looking at all the celebrations, thinking, "What can I do that would annoy fans more than any other celebration?" Yeah, no, the chicken. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. He nailed it. Kevin Nolan in that Rob. Well, I think, as I say, supporting dirty leads, I'm going to have to throw a, a couple of leads players good in lad, there. Good lad, good uh, lad. So, so, to start with one, who's probably like my ultimate footballing hero, but David Batty, who is probably more associated with the 90s, but he did play at the start of the noughties. And he was kind of brought back to Leeds, sort of had a bit of steel to a young up-and-coming side. But I think the thing I really respect about him is that we've mentioned like the snidiness uh, and the vindictiveness and the nastiness. He didn't really have that. He just didn't give a fuck. <laughs> and that's what I really love about him. And he, and he applied that to every facet of his life. So he's, he's known as being this Dowie Yorkshireman who doesn't have a bank account and has retired to obscurity. But even in his own training sessions, he just couldn't be asked with like set-piece training. So he'd deliberately kick balls everywhere to distract everyone to the point where everyone <laughs> would just go, you just go off on your own, David. They had a ball with his name written on it as Batty's ball. So he'd go off and play it <laughs> on his own. 
And then you take that into games. I mean, the classic one which we've written about in the 90s is in playing against Sampdoria and just bullying them. And it's a pre-season friendly and it's just absolutely glorious. He nudges a player over the advertising hoardings and then <laughs> pretends nothing's even happened. He just takes the throw in. But in the 90s, there's a classic clip of him playing against Cristiano Ronaldo for Man United. It's when he's just joined uh, Man United. He's playing in England for the first time. He's playing at Ellen Road. And he's he's Ronaldo. Like He's still got all those traits, the arrogance. He's, he's taking free kicks with his legs wide open and he's... He's absolutely tearing Gary Kelly to pieces. It's quite, like, I feel bad for him. He's just so quick. And Batty clearly sees this and just goes, well, look, he's going to get past me but if he, if I let him, but I'm just not going to let him. And he just kicks him from pillar to post. And you can see this, like, 18, 19-year-old Ronaldo just being like, who is this man and what am I doing here? This is horrible. Like, it's beautiful. You know, when you speak about David Batty, and, <laughs> it's, it's done in a beautiful way. Yeah. Uh, when you speak about David Batty and quite a lot of these players, they're, they're just effectively the kids that were like that at school anyway, right? But they never went into, like, proper jobs. So it was, presumably, when most people go into proper jobs, I can't really behave like that anymore. But football is this kind of outlet to almost encourage that sort of behaviour. And they just never grow, presumably they just never grow out of it. And they just become more and more in that role of that little kid who was a pain in the arse in class, in the playground, when you pick the teams, wouldn't give the ball back. You know, that, that kid, and then they just end up having to be professional football yeah, players and they take that into their lives he's drinking your milk in the shed for a work with the, even though yes. the milk's got your name on and that it's like he's doing all that stuff um, like the only thing I, I I didn't obviously like watching Leeds a lot as a United fan Cantona maybe I watched him and then go oh, I'd love it if we signed him oh, yeah, <laughs> just, I'll do it a favour <laughs> but I just if you've had a fight with your own player on TV you're a shit house, aren't you? That's yeah. that's the thing. Like yeah. when he was fighting was no, it with Lasso. Yeah, Blackburn. Then, uh, but that arguably battling over who was the biggest shit house in that team because I thought I always thought Lasso was a little shit house <laughs> yeah. as well. Yeah, to be honest, nice. so was, who else have we got? Um, well, we spoke about a kind of a Venn diagram of what makes a shit house, and I think you know you've got hard men, thugs. And then the real shit house is a snide one. <laughs> Sounds uh, like a, an old Naughty's album now. <laughs> <laughs> but at the centre of all that, like slap bang in the middle, you can do the lot of Sergio Ramos, just king shit house. He's just as likely to cut you in half with a terrible tackle as he is at go down, like, you know, someone's brushed past you and he goes down clutching his face. But then if they have a go at him, he will stand up and potentially beat you up because he's hard as well. He can handle himself. So, and also, he's a proper wind-up merchant. Like, he just spends his entire game just like in players' ears, which I love. I think he's got the most red cards in the league of history. We had a piece, didn't we, Rob, on the most ridiculous like, red cards of his career. Yeah, there's just, some classics in there. Like getting sent off, purposely sent off against Ajax, wasn't in the Champions League, so he could miss the final group game because Real. Was, you know, <laughs> yeah, and then he like boasted about it in the press. He just that, absolutely. That's classic. like the opposite of the imaginary yellow card. He's asking for it, <laughs> yeah. which is like a real dedicated level of it. I think he's, he got booked 217 times in La Liga, which is a record, that. and I think he's been sent off 25 times. And what I love about him as well, and you mentioned it, Danny, in that. The players who are good and do this. And he like takes the piss. But taking Panenka penalties, that's like, I'm gonna do everything. I'm also gonna take the piss with like the most He's arguably awful. like the best player who's a shit outside, yeah, yeah. I think. Because the thing is with Ramos, you can't really talk about him being a shit house without the ellipsis and then oh he's some player though. <laughs> yeah. Or yeah. like he's one that you watch as a as a fan of not Real Madrid. I I'll do better England words. <laughs> <laughs> but um, and you always gotta love it. 
I'd love it if we had him on our side. He's, yeah. I think he's the most coveted shit house. I Definitely. think so far, so far he is. He ticks most of those categories that we laid out at the start in terms of consistency, size of stage, fans view as well, respected by other fans, Definitely. hated but loved, and loved by his own fans. He, he definitely quite, ticks a lot of those boxes. Quite a punchable face as well, I'd say. <laughs> yeah. Not that I'd ever dare do it. Subcategory but. number five, which you've yeah. added in there. I, I, I still like his long guy. I thought Ramos is all right, <laughs> Rivaldo is another one who we always thought was a, a shithouse who is a world-class player. When you get those world-class players that can do a bit of shithousery, obviously the corner against Turkey in the World Cup was arguably the biggest shithouse event of all time. The shamelessness of it. Yeah. yeah. Just you, the, you've just got to admire it, haven't you? Like, you have. Fair enough. No one's ever got a ball in the face from 40 yards and it's hurt that much anyway. Like, yeah. the way he reacted, how acrobatic the fall was. Yeah. That's another thing as well with, you get the shithouses that have obviously worked on the actual falling. yeah. yeah. The dives, they work on the dives, you can see. And I think Rivaldo is one of them. With Rivaldo there as well, when that, when something happens so quickly and you're able to react as a shithouse so effectively, it's instinctive. Yeah. I mean, you know, fair play. You know, it's, it's inbuilt in you. It's not something you're thinking about. You just, you just do it because it's never you do. off. It's great. Natural ability. Natural. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you can't teach that. <laughs> okay, where do we go next? Uh, Rob, who else have you got? So to take it back to Leeds and, and a guy who sort of Picked up the mantle from David Bayer, but Alan Smith kind of had that local hero, just doesn't care about anyone kind of vibe to him. And and when he when he broke into the team as like a 17, 18 year old, and he he was playing in a few Leeds games against Arsenal. So Arsenal had Tony Adams and Martin Keown at the back. That's who he was coming up against. And Adams was the England captain at this time. And there's a story that Smith spent the entire game as an 18 year old just slagging Adams off and bringing up stuff from his personal life. And it got to the point where a, a different Arsenal player headbutted Smith and got sent off. So he'd wound him up that bad, then down to 10 men. Their two centre-backs are completely rattled. And then later that year, I think it was around 2000, 2001, he got called up to the England team. Adams is the captain and Martin Keown's in the team and he found himself sat next to Martin Keown at, at dinner. And even Keown then was like, you're not going to kick me out of here. But he did. Yeah, but, <laughs> yeah like, exactly. We'd like to think so. I, can I just throw one in here as well? Because yeah. you mentioned about a, a headbutt and also like a lot of chatting. You never really know what gets said between the players, do you? But there's a lot of chat that goes on. You know, mm. they're just walking towards the free kick, it's being taken and they're just sort of next to each other. And you see them talking to each other and like, what are they actually saying in there? But I just thought, um, and this was suggested as well, this was um, uh, tweeted into us at Planet Football, uh, Marco Materazzi, and, and we talk about on, on the big stage as well, World Cup Final 2006, yeah. uh, Italy against France. When you actually look at that game, he gives away the penalty that puts Italy one down. Zidane scores it with that penalty that goes off down off the crossbar. It's a bit of a cheeky one. That's a bit of a cheeky one as well. Materazzi then scores to level it up. And in extra time, obviously, manages to say whatever he manages to say to Zinedine Zidane, which has gone down in folklore and various things have been said and suggested about various family members, that Zidane, on the World Cup final, loses his head that much that he headbutts him and gets a red card. And then there's the, the scene of him walking off uh, walking off the pitch and there's the plinth on the halfway line with the actual, with the, the trophy, the World Cup trophy yeah. there. And he has to walk past it and you think, Materazzi... <laughs> Fair play to yeah. you. You've absolutely done He's him there. And, and then they Materazzi, and then they go on and win the World Cup and, and, and France lose it. That is an astonishing episode of shithousery, I have to say. In Zidane's last ever game of football yeah. as well, that's basically shaped one of the greatest players of all, of all time. His whole reputation and story of his career is all that moment. 
and it's all because of Marco Materazzi. There's one other thing as well, which I, I love about um, Materazzi in that, which is that when he goes down after the headbutt, he's rolling around on the floor, and, and it's not a it's not a nothing headbutt. To be fair, no, he does actually <laughs> he does on this occasion. It's like oh, he's rolling around, but he has been hit a bit. But when he's rolling around, the referee starts running over towards him and as the referee starts running over towards him he sort of like looks up a little bit he's like yeah I've got him here and he starts <laughs> clapping as the referee comes over I just thought nice touch Marker nice touch I think as far as wind ups go that won't be beaten will it <laughs> you know to, to bring Zinedine Zidane to that action in, in the last game of his career that, will, that wind up will never be beaten that's as good as it gets I love with Matarazzi as well they had the chance to win the title and he didn't take penalties, but he thought, well, I'm having this, and then he missed it. Which is a brilliant <laughs> bit of calm. <laughs> oh, why did you let me take yeah, that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, going back to uh, Smith, actually, I just I love the idea, by the way, of him telling Tony Adams that Caprice isn't that fit. At the corner. <laughs> I wonder what he said. But as a United fan, I've never been so conflicted in my life because we didn't really have that many shit houses in the side because I think because we had Roy Keane, I don't think he would allow it. Allow it. He'd be like, oh, what do you do with proper men? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, you had the hard men you were talking about yeah, at the beginning. Yeah. It's a different type of yeah, aggression, isn't it? Definitely. And then when we signed Smith, I was like, oh, I hate this guy. I can't believe we've signed it. And like the only good thing is that like Leeds fans are so wound up <laughs> that we've signed him. That's the only good thing, and we got him for a, a pennies because they've been relegated. And then like after like two games, he ended up playing as like a centre midfielder. Yeah. Or something. I was like, oh, absolutely love this. Guy. <laughs> so the point that where he broke his leg, I was gunning for Risa, man. I was going to go around there. Like, <laughs> I don't want to talk about Alan Smith. Anymore. <laughs> it, gets, it makes me quite upset. I, I like how. Danny dropped in a few facts there. We got him for Buttons. Leeds have been relegated. <laughs> yeah, he just <laughs> throwing it. He wasn't that, he wasn't that cheap, to be fair. He wasn't no. that, I think he went for about seven mil or something. I, I was there. Uh, he he peanuts. grew up in Rothwell, where I grew up. And after he, after he made that move, uh, angry Leeds fans went around to Eggy's house, but they egged the wrong house. I think they egged the next door neighbour's house. But there's a great Smith moment in one of the European games. He's sort of pictured shouting at the linesman. It's like Alan Partridge shouting, Danny's going, linesman, linesman, linesman. And the linesman evades and looks and he just goes, Fuck off! <laughs> <laughs> Which is just absolutely superb. Uh, right, any more for, for any more here? I think on a similar kind of theme, Craig Bellamy, I mean, Sir Bobby Robson said he was the gobbiest footballer he'd ever met. You know, it's, he's, he's made Sir Bobby Robson say something bad about him. I think on, on the likability factor, Rich, he might not be that well-liked at Newcastle because he obviously he threw a chair at John Carver he faked an injury under soon as to get out of playing, and he was texting Shearer telling him his, his legs had gone and he was shitting all this. So <laughs> they probably don't think that much of him, but I used to really like him at, at City, actually. And obviously he, he smacked Reese with, with the golf club, but I think um, he's just one of those players who just for 90 minutes yeah. is on at the full back, just, oh, man, you're shit, mate, you're shit, man, I'm going to do it. And you can see it, and he makes no secret of it, and I, and I absolutely love that about him. And a good, you know, one of those players that was actually a good goal scorer as well. Like yeah, he scored yeah. plenty of goals, and if he was in your team, you know, you'd, you'd get that from him. Yeah, them goals against United really hurt. Like, when the shithouse scores against you, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's worse. Like, giving it like, all oh the game. Oh, my God, he's actually backed it up. Yeah. <laughs> and all you think of is, like, he's going to be loving this tonight, him. Like, you can just imagine him on the bus going home, giving it like, ah, does not see me make a fool of Rio there. And I was like, ah, I, hate, I hated Bellamy. Uh, United had a good shit. I forgot to mention is um, Gabby Heinzer. I said we didn't have any. So we had him and Smith at the same time playing in that horrible uh, 
blue kit with the red trim and one I, tends to bring the best out the other don't they you know and that kind of thing yeah yeah and he was one of those shit houses that do that like the defender shit houses they've got like little tricks that they do you know when they like clear the ball but they like carry on following through so their foot yeah. carries all the way around and he'll kick you in the shoulder and stuff Heinzer was really good at that and then we all loved him because he was ours but then when he, he agitated to a move to Liverpool we're like oh no you you are a bad a bad guy actually <laughs> you're the worst guy and now he's um United forums and that often they talk about the greatest ever Argentinian and he probably arguably is one him and Tevez are the, the two and they're both the biggest shithouses we've had in the last 20 years probably I like that on, on little things that you can kind of get away with like say following through another one's when the ref's blowing up but you pretend not to hear it and then get a, a late tackle <laughs> what are you going to do yeah uh, and the kick a ball away as well when yeah, you before the yellow it, card so came yeah. in yeah kick ball. Oh, I'm so sorry yeah, it's, <laughs> the crowd's so loud Someone, I thought it was someone else's whistle in the crowd <laughs> no mate you just kicked it away because you're time wasting I feel like we should give Gennaro Gattuso I mentioned for this just because I was doing a quick bit of research before he came here and searching his name on YouTube do you know how you get like skills compilations now and it'll be like Lionel Messi 2012-13 goals skills assists and it'll have like a big house music um, background <laughs> to it I searched Gattuso's name and he's got season compilations for and I quote aggressiveness so it was Gennaro Gattuso <laughs> aggressiveness 2011-12 and it was like fair play you know you've done well just not even on the pitch either just like driving too close on the motor <laughs> <laughs> plenty more to come uh, football fact or football fiction returns for the first time uh, on this series of the broken metatarsal but first we thought if we were going to talk about players who behave in such a way we should really speak to a referee who has to deal with it the whole time so here's what happened when we caught up with former Premier League referee Mark Halsey Thank you so much for joining us on the Broken Metatarsal. It's absolutely great to speak to you. Pleasure to speak to you guys. We're, of course, talking about players that are a little bit... What's the best way of putting this? Is it difficult? Is that the best way of putting it? A little bit... A little bit It's the sneaky players, you know, the ones that like to get away yeah, with stuff that the ref can't see. Well, they all, all the players try to get away with things, don't they? <laughs> um, but that's, you know, that's what we're there for, to, uh, to referee them. And uh, they, they do what they can to get what they can out of us. And that's to say, that's what we're there for. It's like it's like sometimes I always used to say, right, come on, like guys, to my guys, we'll go out to war now. Let's go and do battle, and, and but let's go out and enjoy it. <laughs> it's interesting that you said it's going to battle. I kind of thought it might be like you know trying to control the kids' party, you know, with all like your, your kids' friends that have gone um, around. But you were like literally going into war with these players. Yeah, well, I, I always found it harder to, to control kids than to controlling the, <laughs> the guys on the football park. <laughs> were there any players? You know, honestly, where you just thought, right, I'm reffing a certain team. I know this one is going to be uh, a, a nightmare. A, a nightmare. <laughs> where even, even if he's under control, he's still going to be basically a pain in the ass. In the world, I wouldn't. Listen, it, it, I mean, yeah, you do, you do, you know your players. You know, you know what they're like. I mean, I always, I always remember Cristiano Ronaldo. Ronaldo, you know, I, I, we all know what he was like. He was a fantastic player, graced any football pitch he was on, but. I, he, but he used to go down easy, didn't he? You know, he used to try to do what he can to get what he can out of, out of referees. And I remember the referee in uh, Liverpool Man United at Anfield, and uh, I, I, I toss the coin, and, and we do the toss the coin, and I always walk across, and he happened to be on on the halfway line. And I just walked back past him, and I, went, I just went and said, "Hey, Christian, don't you be going down easy today, because you'll get absolutely f all out of me today." And he just smiled. It, it worked. You know, he went down as if, if he was fouled, he was fouled. He went down naturally and, and he got he got what he, he deserved, you know. How much is going on that we're not seeing? Because you know that the forwards are leaning back and stepping on the toes and all that kind of stuff. Are you seeing that? 
You, you, you are, you are. And to be fair, the, the, the guys expect you to let a certain amount go. You know, a little bit of a hold here, a little bit of a hold there, or a little block here and a little block there. As fans, people don't see us. I mean, I always used to be shouting at them all the time, hey, let him go, let him go, leave him alone, I'm watching, I'm watching, well, I'm watching, you know. When you look back, there are obviously players that do everything they can just to, they just, right, that, that player on the opposition, I'm going to wind him up so much today until he snaps. <laughs> so when you look back at any of those matches that you referee, was there a pair, one from each team, where it was like a kind of ongoing duel where you thought all sorts of things are being said and all all they're trying to do is get a reaction? Yeah, yeah of course you do. That goes that goes on all the time with, with players. You know, on, you know on, on the pitch, they're at each other, you know, daggers and, and, and knives and, you know, at each other all the time. But off the pitch, they're totally, they're totally different. And that's where, so once you cross that white line, you're, you're there to get involved, sort them out, talk to them, bring them together, or, you know, bring the captain together, and, and, and just try and stop them from get, getting in trouble. Sometimes, you know, you, sometimes you have to end up giving, giving two yellow cards just to calm them down. Because if you don't, then you could end up having, having, having a red card. But did it ever, you, did, did you, you end up ever you get, laughing at them? Some of the stuff that are coming <laughs> out of just, for oh, goodness oh, sake, lads. <laughs> Many, many times. I mean, many times. I had many battles with all the top players. I always remember. Um, I mean, I used to have banter with all the players. They know that. I, I, I had banter. I good banter with Patrick Vieira. He always used to. He always used to, used to make him laugh. Although he used to really give me a, a lot of volley of abuse. Um, <laughs> I, I, Cheers I, for that, I, Patrick. I <laughs> yeah, but we got on fame. You know, we always end up shaking hands and having a laugh and a smile. But they knew if they stepped out of line. You know, I would I would deal with them. I would I would you know I would stand my authority on the game. You know, whether it be in the fifth minute or the twenty second minute. And, and there are, there are times where, you know, you don't need the use of a yellow card to stamp your authority on 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 the field of play. Yeah, it's, go, go uh, straight for the red. Verbal. <laughs> <laughs> Verbal communication and the eyes. That tells Sorry, them. that one first. Yeah, Talking man. about yellow cards, Mark, I think one of the <laughs> one of the little advantages footballers have over refs at time is that there's certain fouls they can make that they know you can only give a yellow card for. You know, when players see someone running through on a counter-attack, just say, I'm going to have his legs here. It's only going to be a booking. I'm fine. Yeah, I mean, I, I always remember chasing uh, Wayne Rooney when he was playing for United. United Everton and United were 1-0 up and... Um, Kale was he was on his he was gone you know come out and he, he was he was away and, and Wayne was chasing him I'm going oh, don't do it Wayne don't do it don't do it don't do it and he's dived him down he's gone Mark I deserve that I've got the yellow card out straight away thanks for that Wayne oh, I like that I like the fact that he said yeah I know what's coming here I deserve it it's my yeah. own fault yeah. Yeah, and that, 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 that was, you know, and when you have that rapport with the players, it, it makes it easier because sometimes you can get away with, with little errors. They don't mind you making little errors. I always remember sending Sol Campbell off at, um, at Tybury against Manchester United, elbow Solskjaer. And he missed the cup. I mean, I didn't know he missed the cup final, but, you know, he, he, he weren't happy with me because the following, <laughs> following season, first game of the season, this was in the April, first game of the season, Arsenal Everton. He wouldn't, he wouldn't speak to me at first. And I said, come on, sir, we've got to get on. We've got to speak to me. He said, OK, Mark, yeah, that's, that's gone. Listen, we've got, to, we've got to speak. You're captain. We need to speak to each other. And, and two minutes later, I sent him off again. <laughs> but then the next time up at Newcastle, when he was at Newcastle, he just didn't want to speak to me. So, but, you know, you can understand. But, you know, I sent him off. He missed the cup final through me. But it wasn't my fault. But you know, I always remember refereeing at... Um, at, at, at um, Bramwell Lane, Neil Warnock. I mean, get on famously with Neil. I mean, off the pitch, fantastically. 
I always remember it was it was Sheffield United and, and Reading, and um, they're both going for the Premier League. Uh, it was a Championship game, and Sheffield United were one 0 up, and Reading were on the attack. And goalkeeper um, who was in goal for Sheffield United then um, Paddy Paddy Kenny. Freddie Kenny, you know, yeah, yeah good, good, another, another great character, great character. And he brings down the, the Reading forward. So I straight away point to the spot and he goes, oh, no problem, Mark. He didn't, didn't even say that. You know that with Paddy. When when he gives a penalty away, he just walks back to his line. And all of a sudden, I turn around, Neil, Neil Warner's come sprinting down the line, sprinting down the line, having a right go at me. So I turn around to walk back up to see what he's doing. And all of a sudden, he's seen me walking towards him. He's put the brakes on, turn around, and run back down the tunnel. And he never came back out. <laughs> Arthur came, he comes in, he knocks on my door. He says, uh, so who is he? He said, it's me, Mark. It's Neil. He says, Neil, you're not coming in. You're not coming in. Because I know what you're going to say. No, Mark, I just want to come in and say what a good game you had. And, and just to check, he didn't send me off. <laughs> oh, he didn't want to make sure he hadn't been sent off. <laughs> So he thought, no, he I said, no, I'm saying you went down of your own accord. We're going to kind of have to slightly put you on the spot. And I don't like to do this, but we're going to anyway. Don't lie. Don't, don't, don't lie. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, yeah. Do you know what? I am lying. We do want to do that <laughs> completely. You know, when we talk about players who were shithouses, which ones were the nightmare that were always going to try and do stuff behind your back, try and get the edge that they want? Who were, who were the players? Who were the, you know, the, the two or three that really oh. spring to mind for you, the ones that really needed monitoring? I have to say... I never had a problem. I mean, I always had a problem with Danny Mills. Danny Mills is he's a great lad, great lad off the pitch. You know, utmost respect for him. But on the pitch, he never stopped moaning. Never stopped. <laughs> he said to me, "I refereed him. It was, it was at um, it was at Middlesbrough. I must have refereed him that five times that season, six times. And I cautioned him every time. And of course, going down to last game of the season at Pratton Park for, for Middlesbrough, I give a penalty against him. He weren't too happy. Following season, first game of the season, I'm, re- I'm referee. He goes to Man City, so I'm, I'm, I'm at Man City, and he, he came into the tunnel. He said to me, um, "He said I've been told I've got to be nice to you because um, Man City like you." I think <laughs> that goes back to the playoff final in, in, in 1999. He said, uh, "Yeah, they, they like you, Man City, so I've got to be good to you." And anyway, so he goes into the game. You know, first free kick he gives away. And normally straight at you. And I'll give a free kick. And he's accepted it. He ain't said nothing to me. Nothing at all. And I'm thinking, Jesus, Danny, what? what? You know, I said, are you okay? He said, no, I've been told I've got to be nice to you today. So anyway, at the end of the game, I mean, Man City come win, win 4-0. And he comes right out. He says, Mark, well done, well done. You reformed him. You tamed Danny Mills. I tamed Danny Mills. I've never had a problem with him when he was at Man City. Who were the players that you knew... They could go through the back of someone, the clearest yellow card you'll ever see, then they'll get up in your face and be moaning at you. Most probably Robbie, Robbie Savage. <laughs> but again, you know, I've worked with Robbie after football, and he's, I mean, you go back and you talk about things and you reminisce, and, and Robbie, Robbie, Robbie was, a, was a pain in the backside. He knows that, he knows that, but that's what he's on there for, and that's what he's there for, and that's for us to, to sort him out. And, it, you know, it's like, it's like referees. We, we need characters. We need characters in football. We need characters in refereeing. You can still be a character, and you can still. And still, and still referee in in that, in that manner. But John Terry as well, because he always used to come. In, he always used to come in with a team sheet, um, obviously with with the, with the manager. He used to come in shape, and I always used to slap him around the face. I always used to go, you know, greet him with a slap, cut the slaps around the face. Only light, only lightly in the gesture. He says, "Why do you always do that to me when I come in with a team sheet?" I says, "Because I can't do it out there." <laughs> Get in early. <laughs> Yeah, that, 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 so that got, I mean, I've done that all the time and everyone we just, just relaxes the dressing room and, and away you go. They, you know, it's, it's about, you know, you've got to be, you've got to have a laugh with them. In the, in, you've got to have a laugh with them. You, you know, it's, it's, 
uh, it's in the entertainment business. You've got a job to do, you know, but but at the same time, you you, you, you can still enjoy what you do. Mark, thank you so much for uh, taking the time out to chat with us and reminisce uh, about those players and those times and those uh, shithouses, uh, for, for want of a better <laughs> word, that you had the pleasure of refereeing hey, hey, on a weekly like, basis. Hang on a minute, you like to use that language on that? Oh, oh yeah. Don't worry about that. Oh, yeah. why did you want to start using it earlier? Sorry, we should have told you at the start. <laughs> <laughs> Mark Halsey there, kind of really interesting. I guess that he didn't mention any names that you were surprised to hear, no. I guess, fitting into that category. But I guess that is the thing about shithouses, isn't it? You know who, you yeah. know who they are. But certainly, uh, you know, Danny Mills in there... Uh, John Ter- slapping John Terry around the face. I love that. I want to know what else goes on between refs and players, but I want to know also how much players like that. You know, I got the impression Mark Halsey, you know, <laughs> thought it was all fair game, but I bet John Terry absolutely hates not, not it. Like you, 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 can, you can imagine him going back into the changing room there, Kate, going, it's Halsey. He's done it again. Yeah. <laughs> it's like when, the, when you're at a gig as a comic and the sound tech comes in and he's like doing all the bands yeah, and yeah. like, oh, you back here to go, you put weight on. You're like, mate, don't twiddle some knobs, bro. Like, it's... But what I also liked on that note, and you definitely get this impression that teams have favourite refs and they kind of say, be nice to this guy because he's actually all right with us. And you definitely get that impression at times. So it's interesting that it really does happen. Uh, one player that was mentioned that I, I don't think gave a toss who he was playing for, who he was playing against, who the referee was, who was going to be a shithouse either way was Robbie Savage. Who, who we mentioned who, who he also said that, you know, he's dealt with him plenty and, and it's part of his persona, Robbie Savage, really, isn't it? But um, he, he's got to go down as one of the number ones, I would have thought. It's just the pantomime surrounding Savage was, again, it's just sort of admirable. Like, even when it was going wrong for him, when he was getting headbutted by Dublin and, <laughs> and the ref punched him, didn't he, want that time? It was yes. just, sort of, it just sort of part of his persona. It, it fit really well. I mean, I, I went back and I read um, an old copy of the Square Border League United fanzine. And it was around the 1993 FA Youth Cup final when it was Leeds v Man United, where it's the class of 92, it's Beckham and all that. And um, there's just a, a random line in there, and it says, I don't know who the long blonde haired number two was trying to be, but if it was a dickhead, he definitely succeeded. <laughs> and then I, I looked back through the teams, and it's Robbie Savage. Do you know what? Fair play. He's just, been, he's just been like that all his life, and you've got to respect that. He's another one, like I mentioned with Nolan, that like you, that was his role in the team. Like mm. you could, because he, I mean, he wasn't amazing, was he? He was, a, he was an all right Premier League player. Budget Van Bommel. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you thought that's the reason, especially later on when he like signed for Derby and stuff. That was the reason he was there to sort of just get about it and, and be a shitbag. Sport Relief did a charity five-a-side thing about two years ago at, at Salford at the Media City, where it was like loads of different teams from everywhere. There was like an actors team and there was just kids teams and stuff like. That. We put a comedians team in, and there was uh, Robbie Savage and another player who was uh, also a shithouse, but like more of a famous shithouse, and. Um, <laughs> Before we were there, we were there warming up and we were waiting for our slot and there was like a girls team and Robbie Savage absolutely double-footed this girl. <laughs> like, and because it was like, it wasn't AstroTurf and it wasn't, it was like this weird, you know, like yoga mat stuff. That's what we were playing on. And because it was dead wet, it was dead slidey. And he must have took off from about 50 feet away. So he knew exactly what he was doing. And he just like absolutely cool runnings into her and just took the ball off her. And we told the other player, uh, when we were kicking off, I was like, "Oh, I'm glad we didn't get him." And he was, like, and he was just like, "Oh, why has he been an obed again?" <laughs> <laughs> I um, I went to a um, a charity thing where Dean Windass was the after 
dinner speaker. And it, you know, he's you know what he's like. He's he's funny Dean Witness. And he told the story about him and Robbie Savage. And I'm not really a fan of people repeating other stories because you can never do it justice. So bear with me on that. But he said when he was playing for Bradford, this will be like early noughties. They went to Leicester, Filbert Street as it was. Paul Jewell would have been manager of Bradford. Robbie Savage was playing for Leicester. And Paul Jewell sits him down before the game and he and he says he says, Dino Robbie Savage is going to do everything he can today to wind you up. Don't let him. And Dino's like, all right, all right, no problem, Gaffer. It's all right, it's fine. I'm not going to let him wind me up. Anyway, they go out and straight away, uh, Robbie Savage is having a dig about uh, Dean Wendes' weight at the time, right? Okay. And they're together, they're having it, you know, and he's going from it. And Paul Jules and sound like he can see that Dean Wendes is getting wound up. Dean Wendes gets a yellow card, pull him in at (laughs) halftime, and he says, Dino, I told you, don't let don't let yourself get wound up by Robbie Savage. Anyway, the game continues. They lose the game three 0 and they go back in afterwards. And Windass has got his head down, and he he, he knows he's been, he's been played by Savage for the whole game. Usual stuff, little tug, little word here, word there, and he hasn't had a great game. He says, "I'm sorry, Gaffer, I've let I've let the team down, let the team down." And Paul Jewell doesn't even want to speak to him. They've lost three 0 and that's the end of it. Paul Jewell walks out, and they're all getting changed. Dean Windass turns around to David Weatherall and says, "Where's Savage?" And I'm like, what, what do you mean? I want to go and find Savage now. David Weather was like, listen, Dino, I don't know if this is a great idea. You know, I'm not sure if this is really sensible. Where is he? Well, he's, he's in the, the bar area over there. You know, that's where he is at the moment. So they get dressed. Dean Windass says, he's marching out there. David Weatherall's on his shoulder. Come on, Dino, don't do anything silly here, mate. Don't do anything silly. All right? I know he's wound you up a little bit. And they go into the, the bar area and there's loads of people at the bar. And he sees the blonde hair of Robbie Savage facing the other way at the bar. So he marches over to him and he taps him on the shoulder. And he goes, Oi, Savage. And Savage turns around and says, Dino, so nice to see you. Let me introduce you to my mum and dad. (laughs) (laughs) Dean Windows goes... Mr. and Mrs. Savage, really nice to meet you. And they were getting a drink together and just out like the shithousery from the whole game. And then straight away, as soon as it's like leveled out, it's like, yeah, I've done you up here and here's my mum and dad. And he couldn't do anything about it. I just thought it was great. Let's move from Robbie Savage to uh, our first football fact, football fiction of the new series. Um, you all have a piece of paper in front of you with a fact on, but only one of them is a real fact. Uh, the other two are totally made up and they're all about shithouses. Mark, why have you got a smile on your face? I'm just thinking yet. series two and I haven't done any research. Again. <laughs> oh, what a surprise. <laughs> that is a running thing that hasn't changed. Okay, so um, let's start then with the man who's done no research. What a surprise. Uh, Mark Holmesy Holmes, uh, what have you got for football fact, football fiction? Funnily enough, this is about Savage. Um, Roy Keane, um, when he was Sunderland manager, had the chance to sign Savage. He was quite interested in him, which kind of surprises me, but you know, he obviously wanted a bit of a, a presence, let's say, in midfield. So anyway, he rings up Savage to see if he wants to fancy his coming. Savage doesn't answer, it goes to answer phone, and it's, hi, it's Robbie, what's up? Keane sticks the phone straight down, no, 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 not signing him, just based on that. I think that's a reasonable way to scout people, to (laughs) answer phone first. Uh, Danny, what you got, mate? Uh, Craig Bellamy had to do yoga (laughs) as a penance before John Arnorisa would forgive him for the putter incident. Risa wasn't happy, he thought he was too angry, and he thought that yoga would help his temper calm him down. He'd benefit from from like from that. And he said, "I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go anywhere near him until I've seen that he's gone through a strict yoga routine. Yeah, he can like do the it, downward dog, and we're all good to go." Like at work, when you get like discipliners and stuff, and they make you sort of do things to to get out of it. That's what that Risa thought that Bellamy should do. Yoga was the way forward to calm him down because it was going to happen again. And he was like, "You you can punish him, but you won't cure him." Didn't decide to go for a round of golf together. Absolutely. <laughs> <not>. <laughs> and Rob, what have you got? So we've mentioned Sergio Ramos. We I don't think we mentioned his partner in crime, Pepe. Oh yeah. Uh, 
another Portuguese player, uh, coincidentally, Mark. <laughs> um, but when, when they were together at Real Madrid, the club had to bring in a referee for training because they, were, <laughs> they kept injuring their own strikers, basically, in, in like 11 v 11 games in training. They would get so hell up. And basically it was like the, the first 11 against the reserves. So players like like that first season they were together, Soldado was there, the, the crap Tottenham striker. And basically he didn't make it at Real Madrid because he just kept getting bullied by Pepe and, <laughs> and Ramos in training. So, so the coaches felt that, the, the manager and coaches felt they couldn't deal with this themselves. They had to bring in an actual yeah, referee. Yeah. Mark Halsey-esque yeah. to come in and slap one of them around the face beforehand <laughs> yeah, and, and just sort them out. So like Ramos, you know, he's been booked 217 times in La Liga. In Real Madrid training, he was getting booked and everything just to try to get him to calm down. Like, look, you're walking a tightrope. If you do this again, you're off, mate. Um, I love the idea of taking the shithousery into training with your own teammates as well. That is a dedicated You've got level. to practice it. You can't just pull it out on a Saturday. <laughs> if the ref's there, you get to wave fake yellow cards. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Do you think they were just, just trying to get it out of the system? I, mean, I don't know if Ramos was try to get butts to miss games like he was doing against Ajax and stuff like that but yeah I'm from tomorrow's training session <laughs> nice one yeah. uh, Roy Keane and Robbie Savage with the the answer phone message um, did he do you think he he didn't even leave him an answer phone message he just put the phone down and that was that yeah exactly that so Savage was at um, uh, he would have been at Blackburn at the time and yeah and, and, and he didn't pick up went straight to answer and literally as soon as he heard that he didn't even wait for the bleeps he just straight down I am not having that and, and that was that never rung him back Roy Keane's not the kind of person, player or manager, who's going to stand for that kind of nonsense, is he? he? He doesn't need to have a conversation with him. Those three words, that's enough. I can't I don't, believe he I don't want to him. sign Savage. You just can't even imagine him in the same changing room, can you? Well, maybe that's the thing. He was probably in the doubt about it, thinking he seems like a bit of a knobhead, but I'll give him a call. He might be all right off the pitch. <laughs> he is that and not having that. D- <laughs> Danny, you know you said you played with him at this um, this thing down at Media City. Played, <laughs> played against him. Played against, his I was just going to say, you didn't yeah. get his number, did you? We can try it out now and just see if it's well, still the same one. Yeah, when he was on the side, he was going, rot. <laughs> like from the other Budweiser advert. He only talks in Budweiser adverts. <laughs> okay, and um, Craig Bellamy with with yoga. Do you think he still keeps that up now, Craig Bellamy? He's still oh, maybe, doing the yoga because he does seem a lot calmer when you see him like punditry and on Sky and stuff. And he's, I think, he's a coach now at, at Cardiff. Am, am I right? I don't know. What, he's certainly done that. You need to be a lot calmer to do that. I, can, I can't imagine him like smashing under 12s in the head with the putter so like, unless it's like a crazy golf putter it's age appropriate I'm not sure smashing a 12 year old in the head with a, with a putter is age appropriate regardless if of the size of the putter it's a one maybe that's okay. fine I'll give you that <laughs> crazy golf takes on a whole new meaning doesn't it okay I am going to go with um, oh man this is one of those things and this was the problems I had on the last series is that they're all ridiculous, but they're all sort of could be true in a weird way as well. I'm not going with the answer phone message. I uh, don't believe that. I'm not sure about the yoga either. I think I'm going to go with having to bring a ref into training between Sergio Ramos and Pepe just to calm things down. I'm afraid that's false. Oh, man. They're allowed to wreak havoc. Mine's false too. It's the, the answer, answer phone message. message. Yeah. Honestly. The, yeah, the, yeah. the actual quote from Keane when he heard it was, I'm not fucking having that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I never called him back. I can't be fucking signing that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that seems an appropriate place to end things today. Uh, to this episode was brought to you by our friends at Football Index, the football stock market where you can buy and sell players for real money. Sign up today at footballindex.co.uk and use the code TBMINDEX to trade with a £500 money back guarantee. New customers only, 18 plus. And of course, you can contact us uh, at Planet Football, we are on Twitter, or uh, you can email contact at planetfootball.com. Mark, 
Rob, Danny, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you very much for having me. Great to be back. Cheers. And we'll see you next time on the Broken Metastarsal. <laughs>